Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. This has been happening a lot lately. A lot of people send me the same story because something hits the news and strikes everyone's fancy. <laughs> so here you go from USA Today. Janitor who shut off lab freezer due to annoying alarm. Ruined decades of research. College claims in lawsuit. And uh, Camille Fine wrote this story. More than 20 years of research was ruined at an upstate New York university after the school said a janitor shut off a freezer that was setting off annoying alarms. And that's what they say in their pleadings. It's a lawsuit filed by Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York, against a uh, company that provides cleaning help. Uh, It's an Albany-based company that worked at the private research university for several months back in 2020. The lawsuit seeks more than a million dollars in damages and legal fees. The freezer contained specimens related to Rensselaer professors' high-level research that had the potential to be groundbreaking, according to the lawsuit, which was reviewed by USA Today. And Rensselaer, I have to mention, is where Douglas Houghton attended school as a young man. Douglas Houghton later came to Michigan and became the state's first state geologist. He's also a medical doctor. They called him the Little Doctor, and I wrote a book about him years ago. The school claims the janitor caused catastrophic damage in 2020 after he turned off a lab freezer that was storing cell cultures and samples which are sensitive to slight temperature fluctuations. The college is not suing the janitor, but they're suing the cleaning company for failing to properly train and supervise him. Uh, Rensselaer is one of the oldest engineering schools in the country, claims that a small increase or decrease in the temperature needed to maintain the specimens and cell cultures caused the alarm to sound. The cultures must stay between minus 115 and minus 108 degrees Fahrenheit to avoid damage. Professors of the school's uh, energy research department who oversaw the freezer noticed the alarm three days earlier and posted a warning until the manufacturer could come out and perform emergency repairs according to the lawsuit. So, The lawsuit says, look, we had this alarm going off because there was something with the freezer. We called the manufacturer. They were going to come out, but in the meantime, this alarm is going to go off, so just ignore it. So to try to ensure electricity kept flowing to the freezer, they also added a safety lockbox around the freezer's outlet and socket. And there was a sign there with a warning that said, this freezer is beeping as it is under repair. I am reading like this because these are all capital letters. Please do not move or unplug it. No cleaning required in this area. You can press the alarm test mute button for 5 to 10 seconds if you'd like to mute the sound. So you can mute it by pressing a button, but you don't unplug it. The lawsuit states the researchers determined cell samples would be safe in the freezer until repairs could be done. And due to COVID-19 restrictions, the freezer could not be serviced until September 21st. So that's just a few days later. Uh, To quell what the janitor later called annoying alarms, he admitted during an interview with the university that he flipped the circuit breakers that provide electricity to the freezer from on to off in an apparent attempt to help. He thought he was helping, according to the lawsuit. Now, if there was anyone around, he could have asked them, hey guys, can I shut this thing off? But, number one, there's a sign saying you shouldn't do that. Number two, presumably there's nobody else around. He comes in probably after hours when no one else is around. So, he took it upon himself. 
The janitor understood that he had no authority to look inside the panel or touch the breakers, but again maintained he was trying to help. The next day, research students found the freezer's temperatures had increased to just minus 25 degrees. Despite efforts to preserve the compromised cultures, a majority of them were destroyed and rendered unsalvageable, effectively demolishing more than 20 years of research, according to the lawsuit. Janitor told the university that he misread the panel and believed he was turning on important breakers that were turned off. So he says, hey, look, I hear this alarm. I assume it's because that freezer's lost power. And when I read it and it says the freezer's beeping, it's under repair, he didn't catch the fact that he was supposed to let it keep beeping. The defendant is required to answer the complaint within 30 days after service of the summons. The lawsuit itself was filed on June 16th. We don't know how shortly thereafter it was served, but an answer will be due somewhere down the road. The cleaning company has not responded to USA Today's request for comment. This is a mess. And um, the real question, of course, is what kind of insurance does the cleaning company have? Uh, presumably, they've got some sort of insurance. I know that a big institution like a school is going to probably vet the people they have come in and do work on the premises after hours. Uh, so they probably do check to make sure somebody has insurance to cover things that could happen uh, if the uh, janitorial staff screws up. But this is a mighty big screw-up. And they're saying that the damages here exceed a million dollars. And so we don't know what kind of research it was. I am curious. Uh, a 20-year study uh, involving frozen samples. Uh, I'm intrigued, but the story does not say. I actually read a couple different versions of the story to see if they mentioned it, but, but nobody actually did mention it. So it's a pretty straightforward story. And um, it would be hard to explain a defense to this if these facts are true. So someone comes onto the premises to clean. Their job is to clean. While they're cleaning, they hear a beeping noise and go, oh, I'm going to get that beeping noise to stop. Walk over to uh, an electrical box and shut the breaker off for what's beeping. It's not part of your job. Now, if the beeping is annoying you, you could contact someone and go, hey, this thing's beeping. It's supposed to be doing that. But of course, if you simply looked at it, it has a sign on it that says, this freezer is beeping. It's under repair. Do not move or unplug it. And so anybody who can understand that language there knows that the circuit breaker is the equivalent of unplugging it. It might unplug more than that, though, depending on what's on that same circuit. So this is a serious problem. And it might be that we have a situation where the liability is quite clear, but what are the damages? Uh, they, they might be extreme, but how do you quantify them? How do you monetize you know, 15 or 20 years of work and say, yeah, I want to be compensated for that? So it's an interesting case. It reminds me, I seem to recall a story not so long ago where somebody was in a hospital and wanted to charge their cell phone. And so they unplugged a machine in their friend's room and plugged their cell phone in. And of course, the machine was needed to keep their friend alive. That was another problem. But sometimes people do stuff without thinking and you got to be careful where you're being thoughtless like that, whether it's in a hospital or a research lab at Rensselaer Polytechnic. And so for those of you who are curious, the top of the story I mentioned, Douglas Houghton. If you're familiar with place names in Michigan, there's a Houghton County, Michigan. There's a village of Houghton. 
There's a lake called Houghton Lake, and there's also waterfalls called Douglas Houghton Falls. And there are even schools named after Houghton in and about the state. And so the reason they named everything after this guy is back in the 1830s, he became quite well known in Detroit, which at that time was on the edge of the frontier. Uh, And when Michigan got statehood in 1837, the new legislature uh, appointed him state geologist and said, go out and find stuff in the state that will be of value. So he went all around the state exploring. He found all kinds of cool stuff. And he went up and he examined the copper deposits in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. He did not discover the copper, but he wrote the first report by a person who knew what they were talking about, describing the copper deposits. And he said, these copper deposits will be worth a lot of money. And if investors play their cards right, they can establish mines up here and extract this copper. And that report was sent back to Detroit, and then it got sent out east, and investors out east actually said, oh, we've got money. Let's establish some copper mines. And so some copper mines got established very quickly thereafter, and eventually a copper boom did come to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and it lasted for quite some time. And uh, that report that he wrote in 1841 uh, was pivotal in that happening when it did. Uh, Sadly, he drowned in 1845 uh, out on Lake Superior in a small boat with a bunch of other people. Uh, The boat capsized in a sudden snow squall in October, uh, and it was off the shore of Eagle River, Michigan. And uh, he drowned, and two other people were lost. One of them was found, one of them they never found. Uh, And so it was a tragedy because he was quite young when he passed away. And so he is buried in a cemetery in Detroit. I've visited his grave many times, uh, along with quite a few other important people in the state of Michigan, because at that time he had lived in Detroit. But he was known as the Little Doctor, uh, but the first state geologist. And he was a graduate of Rensselaer Polytechnic. And in fact, the reason he was in Michigan is that the people of Detroit uh, in the 1830s were worried about Uh, what you do for entertainment around there. And somebody said, we should find somebody who can come out here and deliver lectures on meaningful topics. And so they actually sent an emissary east, and he stopped at Rensselaer Polytechnic and talked to the guy who was in charge there and said, hey, I'm looking for somebody who might be interested in a little adventure. Uh, They can come to Detroit, give lectures. We'll give them a lecture space. We'll we'll help them settle down in Detroit. And we just want someone to come out there and, and, and talk to the locals about things like uh, uh, farming and plants and animals. and So somebody with a good background in science. And the head of the school goes, I got just the guy, Douglas Houghton. Come on in here, Douglas. I want you to meet somebody. Shortly thereafter, he's on a boat, heads to Detroit, across Lake Erie. And that's he went there and, and made that his home. So uh, it's a fascinating story, uh, early history of Michigan. And I was interested to see Rensselaer Polytechnic pop up in the story here. Because I know they're still around, and I know they've been around for a long time because they date back at least to when Douglas Houghton graduated from there. So story is a janitor who shut off the lab freezer due to annoying alarms ruined decades of research, according to the lawsuit filed by the college. USA Today ran that. Camille Fine wrote it. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Meaning of Reference Manual. Object that raises the monitor to eye level.